the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 95 of the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. I almost feel like a little bit of deja vu. Why? Well, not really us. Our listeners might feel like there's a little bit of deja vu because we're back on track. We're Ooh. releasing on time like <laughs> we should have been. So. Well, we can't fight, you know, illness and life sometimes. Life a little bit. I mean, you know, there are some podcast hosts who have never missed an episode well um we're close we yeah. we almost always post something in the feed to let you know or at least in social media, media to let you know that yeah. if we have to postpone so mm-hmm. thank you for bearing with us yes. if you were looking for the show in the feed last, last week. tuesday yep. and you didn't get it until when did it finally go out i think thursday thursday or I friday think i think thursday so we apologize for the delay there, but yes. um, hopefully you enjoyed that one and you're going to enjoy getting uh, another dose of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast so quickly. Yay. And I, I kind of think of this episode as it's a brand new year. It's 2020. It's kind of a return to what are you laughing I was at me for? If, if you say new year, new you. No. I'm, I'm hanging these up. No. Okay. No, I am indeed not saying new year, new you. This is not, we're going to make resolutions to get fit. This is, we have a great audience that tunes in on long runs, on commutes, but I don't think that we have spent an episode really talking about w- where our journey started with running and beyond that and actually well after that how we got into healthy eating and dropping so much weight yeah i think that we have talked about it in bits and pieces we've talked about it with individuals sure but um no we haven't done a a full episode dedicated just to that. And this might be a good opportunity for us to kind of reset the table. Sure. A little bit uh, to extend the, the the food metaphor a little bit (laughs) for our listeners who are, who've been with us for a while, or maybe who've just joined us in the middle of this crazy journey Mm. to kind of let them know a little bit about us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, where we came from and, you know, we talked about last week where we're going or two weeks ago where we're going. Yes. But it's nice to know where you came from. Hey, it's not a new year, new you deal. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There's no resolution or, you know, no, there's not, you know, new fad, whatever. Well, we resolved, I guess you could say we resolved to, to do some new runs, new races, new cities for listeners. So yes, that's a good new year's resolution, which, which I believe we are well on our way to achieving next week when we do Fort Lauderdale and then recap that for our audience. Yes. When this episode drops, 
on Tuesday, we're just three days away from heading to Fort Lauderdale for yep. the Publix A1A mm-hmm. half marathon. We're not yes. doing them full. No. But um, yeah, and yeah. I blame you for that. Of course. Well, <laughs> it's a new race. Did I not hear you say that you wanted to go for a PR there? I think I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. This might be the race where I decide to um, just kind of see full out what the knee will allow me to do mm-hmm. and kind of see what my baseline is. Yeah. Kind of a, um, a calibration run. Yeah. That way I kind of know what I need to start doing in my training going forward and uh, what I can do to support you as your, your runs start to get into the insane, ludicrously long distances as oh. you're training for the Chicago Half Marathon. If In case any listeners out there oh, didn't catch that episode where we announced saying it. that Go ahead. Amy is training for Chicago this year. He knows I'm freaking out about it, so he just doesn't miss an opportunity to just throw it in the mix. Well, I look at it as this is, this is my way of, of doing... Um, you know how they help people get over phobias by by oh. gradually exposing them oh, to their okay. the thing that torments them. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Is just I keep mentioning it, of course, all the time. Of course, and you all the get time. More used to it <laughs> as you hear it. Well, right now the long runs for me are not insanely long. They're prepping us for Donna. They're prepping us for Star Wars, and I was just an email exchange with Jeff this week about, you know, starting to do some drills to increase speed. Cause I know that that's where I'm going to have to get to for Chicago. So yeah. Yeah. And then I know in the hot summer months, the mileages are, are going to get insanely high, but insanely high things insanely to look forward high. to 2020. Yes. But all this, all this <laughs> preparation and training and all that, like I said earlier, I blame you. Why? Because it's all your fault. It's all my fault. You heard it here first on the Runny Drink Podcast. It's all my fault. Well, since we were talking about this is going to be an episode where we tell you guys our story Mm. and how we got here, I think it's important for everybody just to understand that we're going to keep the same format today. So we're going to talk about (laughs) something to do with running, something to do with eating, and something to do with drinking. And the run portion is what I'm talking about when it comes to it being... Amy's fault. When he says he blames me, he blames me for getting us on this crazy running journey, even before we got into fitness and weight loss and healthy eating, really. I mean, we've tried several different strategies, I would say. Oh, I think that over the years. Over but, over the years, yeah, you name okay. it. You know, we've done, you know, just going to the gym three days a week we've mm-hmm. done crossfit we've yeah. done yeah. um you name it you've your videos uh, like aerobics videos sure. all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so i mean we we've tried and done all sorts of things for fitness but running was never something that i would have gone hey i have an idea i never did it i know you never did it in high school i never did it in high school we were speech and debate nerds yes so that and even in college and never did I ever, even when my father coached the high school track team, ever get into running. In fact, when I was a freshman in high school, I took 
PE in summer school so I wouldn't have to sweat during the day in high school because, you know, like teenagers and, oh, my God. Teenage girls. Teenage girls and how they feel about, like, I know teenage boys don't care. But... They're sweaty and smelly anyway. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, didn't want to mess up my hair, my beautiful hair. Oh, my God, no. So, anyway, I took it in the summer, and we had to run a mile in 10 minutes mm-hmm. to achieve a certain grade, a passing grade. We had something similar. Um, in Growing up in Tampa, mm-hmm. we had... It, well, I think it was a state requirement. You might have even had to take it. It was a personal fitness. Yes, that's was a it. Semester. That's exactly it. And I used to hate that class because it was just basically running. It was yeah. It was three days a week of running and two days a week of classroom. Yes. On, on nutrition, but but I, I mean, as much as I hated it, you know, sixteen, seventeen year old me was running seven minute miles. Oh my god! Yeah. I hate you even I, now. Oh, oh, I I hate me back then too. I hate you even now because <laughs> I mean I couldn't. I, I just remember hearing 10-minute mile will get you a D in this class, which is passing. And I was, I mean, you, you talk about phobia and nerves, and I had a shortened summer school segment to get it done. And my father, my father may have been the very first person to introduce me to the run-walk-run method because... On the weekends when he would go and he would do, he was football coach at my high school and he would do the laundry for the team Mm -hmm. and we would go out to the track while the laundry was running and we would try to get me strategies that would get me to a 10 minute mile. And so he said on the track, you run the straights and walk the curves. Well, little did we know that your dad was actually tapping into the yeah. the greater body of knowledge yeah. that uh, Jeff Galloway yeah. is putting out there and coaching you with even today. So, I mean, and I made that 10-minute mile, and I didn't actually get a D because he the, the coach who taught my class was not my dad, was a different coach. And he graded on a, on a scale, so from... I think I ended up getting a C, a B or a C. It's on your permanent record. Yes, whatever. You could look it up if you wanted to, I guess. But that was my one and only experience with running until we started to run as a married couple. And before even the podcast started, there was a, a time in my life, and I think it's just about 10 years ago, that I had a detached retina and I had to have surgery to repair that detached retina. And the experience... I have photos of that day where they drew the arrow (laughs) and said, this eye, not this eye. Well, and that's not even the most embarrassing thing that I remember. That was just humorous for you. But I just... I remember going into the operating room and having to maneuver my body from one gurney to like the operating table, I guess. Yeah. And looking up and seeing, because I used to be a classroom teacher, seeing one of my former students who has since gone on and graduated and was now a nurse helping with the surgery. And my 
close to 300 pound body moving to that operating table and how embarrassed I felt about it. I guess we should have prefaced this with both of us over the years had allowed our weight to creep up. Well, I mean, Um, you can say that. Yes. So this was almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. This was almost 10 years ago. And I, I overcame that and, you know, I healed from that and, I didn't lose my vision because if you don't do anything about a detached retina, you lose your vision. So I was very lucky. With awesome doctors, by the way. With awesome, awesome doctors to get that healed and back on track. But then that that whole experience motivated me to want to get fit. And I chose a calorie restriction kind of plan and exercise. And it actually did work for me for a time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did drop, um, I think maybe twenty or thirty pounds. Yeah, I want to say, it was, I would say it's thir- thirty. Yeah, yeah, it was a a good, yeah, good healthy chunk of weight. And I wanted to celebrate in a different way, and so I said to you, "How about if we go to Disney and we run a half marathon relay?" Yeah, and I can remember when we went down to Key West. Before we went down to Key West in in July, prior to the first wine and dine we ever went to in November. Yeah, we were just vacationing in Key West. We were vacationing in Key West, but we had just gotten new running shoes because you had said, yes, let's go. We'll do it. It's going to be great. And those narrow Nikes, and I mean, Nike's a great shoe, but I have a very wide foot. So it did not serve me well. We were running neophytes. Yeah, we had we knew nothing. We knew nothing. I and, was just thinking it would be a great accomplishment. We tried on shoes. They felt good in the store. And we yeah. would go on the treadmill some. And we did a... Mm. Prior to that, after we got back from, uh, from Key West, we did a 5K. We did, locally. Locally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doesn't really tell you what those miles are going to do to you in the wrong shoe. Oh, my goodness. So as we started uh, upping our mileage just blindly. We had to get the right shoes. We learned real quick. So we had to go and get fitted at our local run shop with an expert, Rachel, Rachel Lee. And she got us into the right shoe for the way that we run, the way that we walk, and so that we could train properly for that first half marathon relay. Yeah, but that, now, our trip to Key West was in July, Mm -hmm. and that was our first time, like our first official run in the training cycle while we were down there on vacation because Uh we decided to use the resort's gym. The treadmill. do it on the treadmill in there. And then go celebrate on Duval afterwards. Of course. I don't think we got fitted for proper running shoes until probably August. Right. August, maybe the beginning of September. Because we fought with those Nikes. It was, in, it was when mileage started getting up above six miles. I started, I started getting shin splints it wasn't really good. bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. So, yeah, we did our local 5K. Yeah. And then mileage started getting higher. We got fitted for those proper running shoes mm-hmm. and trained for the wine and dine relay. Yes. In November. November. Yeah. Yes. 
And you, as you love to remind me, did the bulk of the mileage. And I did the shorter because it wasn't an even split. I did five. You did eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, the view view up here from up here on the cross is pretty uh, pretty good. Okay. You know? Well, you yeah. suffered for <laughs> to support and encourage me. Absolutely. Yes, and we caught the bug. I would say. Yeah. For running, I I don't think the local five k did it. No. For me, I think it was the because we had never gone to a big organized running event. No. And it was I can't believe it even now thinking about it. Our first one being that Disney event which was at night in between and inside oh. of the parks and then you mm-hmm. had all the celebration afterward. Mm-hmm. That I think the experience of that was what did it. Yeah, the medal, the accomplishment, the my making it through those 5 miles. And handing off to you in the middle of it all Mm -hmm. and feeling so good that I had accomplished a goal and then the celebration together with the medal and just, yeah, I think we caught the bug then. Yeah. And that's why I think that that race is one I don't mind repeating every year is because it has so much meaning for us as being the first one. Was it in October that year? It was. It might have been end of October or be very beginning of November. I don't we'd know, have to. We have to go back and yeah, look. But yeah. it it's around that time. Because I think year. we got home and we got crazy enough to go. Hey, you know, Rachel, what do you think? We got fitted for these shoes. We accomplished the goals. Do you think we could each one of us complete a half marathon? the The full thirteen point one. Could we both do that in January? Hmm. And she said, yeah, go do it. Now, y'all, Rachel Lee, who we love to death, oh, who's the proprietor goodness. of our local run shop here uh, in Cape Coral, uh-huh. is an elite runner. Mm-hmm. When she does women's or any running events, she's now doing tries, but when she does running events in the area, it's almost a guarantee she's going to win the event. I don't mean yes. going to complete the event. I mean, she's usually the first female across the finish line. Yeah. And usually ahead of a lot of guys, too. So. She's amazing. She's a machine. Very she's, talented. But I'll tell you, and she's actually part of the reason that I think I was willing to stick with this. And yeah. And I, I used to crack jokes a little bit about it. We'd go to a place like uh, a big box retailer for sporting goods. And you, you'd you go there and all the clothing mm. is made for skinny people. You'd go... <laughs> To try to get you're keeping it PG. I keep I'll keep it PG. Um, you you go to get shoes and it's just like you're really buying them based on look and that mm. you're trusting that you know what you you need and getting involved with her yeah. and seeing somebody who's an elite runner who is like you guys are the ones I'm in awe of because you're working so much harder to do the same distance I'm doing Mm -hmm. and you're spending more time out there than I am and you're taking the beating Mm -hmm. and she she understands the the difficulty for middle and back of the pack runners who don't necessarily come by any natural talent at all 
No, not for running anyway. And, yeah, and, that's what I mean. Yeah, and she is so welcoming of that. And you know, uh, you know, the cynic would say, "Oh, she wants to sell you shoes." Well, of course she does, but oh, yeah. at the same time, she wants you to be a repeat customer. She mm-hmm. wants you to enjoy and get something out of the the sport and out of the hobby. And she was our first exposure, I think, yeah. to people in the running community that that show how welcoming and how diverse this community is yes because you go to a race and yeah you know you, you've always got the, the the handful of people in a race that are you know they're out for their pr and mm-hmm. they're not you know saying anything to anybody and they're mm-hmm. you know mad if you're in their way or you're mm-hmm. slow and they have to go around you whatever the case may be but the overwhelming majority of runners are so supportive of each other because so positive. they've all been there. They've yep. all had a crappy run. Mm-hmm. They've all hit a wall mm-hmm. or they, overcome some obstacle and they know what it's like. Yeah. So that was, I, th- I think, I think her exposure and getting to meet her was key to us sticking yes. with this. Yes. And I think then beyond that, when we were at Disney to complete that first half marathon fully the 13.1 seeing jeff galloway yeah you had heard about him and mm-hmm. you know we've talked about jeff on previous episodes of the show you know jeff being a former olympian and the champion of the run walk run method mm-hmm. and when we listened to one of his talks yes because they used to have a speaker series at the expo that went away and then they brought it back and I hope they keep it because it's yep. it's incredibly informative. Yeah. But Jeff being the official run coach of Run Disney, mm-hmm. you know, was talking about the method and the science behind it. Mm. And you know, at first I thought it was going to be a big pep talk and and I think each of us got something different out of his talk. You l- really connected with him on an emotional level. Yes. Immediately. And yeah. I saw that with you when you were listening to him. I connected with what he was talking about in terms of the science. Yes. I, I, because what he was talking about made so much sense. I mean, you've got this guy who is an Olympic class athlete mm. who represented our country in the Olympics. Mm. And he's talking about, you know, the human body was probably designed to run 100 to 200 yards max. And that's to either catch food or to avoid becoming food. Mm-hmm. And capitalizing on that design in short bursts of speed. Mm -hmm. But you could do it for a very long period of time and then talks about all the research and all these studies he's been a part of. That resonated with me. What was it about his message at first or about him at first for you? I think he he talked about mindset and he, he talked about how it feels to accomplish the goal. And he talked about the 1% of people and and what that does to you and that everybody could do it. Again, you talked about Rachel being so welcoming. Mm -hmm. And when you think about Olympians, you think, well, how, how they're, they're elite, they're competitors. How welcoming do you think they're going to be? And he has been over the past 10 years very much like a father figure. Yeah. In the running journey that we've taken. He's your Yoda. Yeah. He's very much my my Yoda. Not a baby Yoda, but a, an older, wiser Yoda. 
<laughs> so, yes. So we, we found him and we found his app. And I think that that just, I mean, and I know that there are other struggles and obstacles that in our running journey we've, we've had. Because I adopted his method and I, I achieved some success. But when it came to maintaining paces for a long period of time, when pacing requirements are strict Mm -hmm. or can be strict for a back of the pack runner, you know, I mean, everything is relative and there's perspective depending on if you're an elite or middle of the pack, back of the pack runner. But I got into his method, but when I got picked up from a race, that is when we truly became connected through his e-coaching program. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean. And the rest is history. I mean, you've been <laughs> with him almost, yeah. almost continuously for yeah. the better part of 10 years. Yeah. And it, it's the drills and it's, the, it's designing the program because, you know, there's the method, there's the research behind it that we – that you responded to scientifically, logically, and then that can work during the race. But there are also components to the training that I learned through the e-coaching program and through his book, the Marathon You Can Do It book, that that you have to maintain in your training cycle to execute on race day. Yeah, so... Jeff's been an invaluable yeah. resource for us, and he was a large part of how people who who had had really put on a lot of weight over you know ten plus years mm-hmm. of of being married and comfortable and yeah. life's good and yeah. all that, and then you you it creeps on mm-hmm. and it's insidious. And, and I can tell you, I was always I was always an emotional eater, and still, you know, I have that urge. I just eat out of boredom. So it's an, it's an emotional type thing. But and throughout this whole running journey, you know, when when I'm figuring out how to execute in the races and you know the run walk run method if you you get into it, you get it you get what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And there throughout throughout there I'm refining that but I'm also kind of falling uh, I'm trying to drop weight at the same time right which can be conflicting goals when you get into really high mileage because you get so hungry and then you think oh i reward myself because i've eat, i've run all these miles i can eat all these things and so they can often be in conflict and goals of accomplishing races and then goals of weight loss kind of butt heads in my journey over the last 10 years oh yeah so well when we started this i had initially promoted to sergeant and was working at night and i was back in the gym very hardcore and i was lifting Mm. a lot and was dropping weight when you were dropping weight and then got into running and i stabilized which was good yeah that was very good um but what i've come to learn over the last several years because going going on year after year after year we had a rough time of really making headway on the weight loss 
because like you said, you'd get mm. hungry. Yeah. You'd reward yourself. And that is, that is proof positive for me uh, that you can't outrun bad diets. Right. And you're run, you're running when you, when you run with more weight on your frame everything's harder everything is well work is harder life is harder running is harder and you can't work to improve towards those goals yeah, as think, much as you would like to mentally and as much as you could having the right mindset just your your body has to be in some kind of shape and yeah, and as much as I would joke and say, well, round is a shape, um, yeah. that's not the shape that when you're wanting to make improvements in your time and your pace. And The lighter you are, the easier it is. Yeah. So it makes everything harder. So, you know, that was that was something that was we were having some difficulty with. Yeah, and it's not like we're in it to win a race. It is the completion of a race. Oh, yeah. And feeling comfortable in making improvements in that. Well, we were never trying to win the race. We just wanted to run the best race we could. Right. So, you know, we're very happy being back of the pack mm -hmm. runners. That's that's fine. It's just yeah. I don't want to be eating what my friend Joe call it ranger candy. Um, <laughs> ranger candy. Yeah, yeah, Tylenol or uh, ibuprofen. You know, you want to be chomping on those like it's a food group. So yeah, you know, you you want to be at a healthy weight where you're not beating yourself up mm -hmm. and. Um, that was something that in spite of all the running, I had crept up to, uh, as, as recently as, as two years ago, mm. I had crept up to 308 pounds. Yeah. And there was a, uh, a day at work and I, I remember I was working by this time I had been uh, promoted to Lieutenant. I was working in the office, uh, my chief's office, uh, high profile job, a uh, mm. lot of stress, yeah. a lot of, uh, deadlines and just, uh, I had been in the public eye and in, in, like I said, a very high profile position for a while. And, you know, it was just one of those things that I didn't think much of it because I, I was too busy, you know, doing work and then getting my runs in when I was off, yeah. but I didn't have the time that I used to, to hit the gym. So I wasn't lifting, but I was still running, but I was still eating like I was both running and lifting. Mm. And that contributed to the, to the packing on of weight. But there was a day at work, a particularly stressful day. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I feel like absolute crap. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't really describe it to you. Nothing hurt. Just I felt awful and I could, I had this like whooshing sound in my ears. And I was like, you know what? I Something's not right. I don't feel good. Something's not right. I work five minutes from the hospital and I have a police car. I'm going to drive myself over there and get somebody to check me out. And I did. And it was very scary for me. I drove myself to the hospital and, you know, popped in. Hearing that at work, it was knew, very scary. Knew some of the people at the hospital. I said, hey, would you mind just checking me out? I, I don't feel good. And they sat me down and was, what's the first thing any doctor does? They listen to your heart and they check your blood pressure yep. and they check my blood pressure and they looked at me and they go, you're going to hang out with us for a little while. I'm like, okay. And then they 
ushered me over to uh, the actual patient check-in area because apparently this was not just going to be a quick in and out with mm. doctor friends of mine. And they were like, your blood pressure is 220 over 110. Mm. You're in stroke territory. And that hit home for me because my father had a stroke when I was 12. And I, I, he'd had it. Yeah, my dad, both my parents grew up in the South in the, my dad in the early 1900s, my mom in the, the mid 1900s mm. and the, um, you know, Southern way of life, you know, being basically you batter fry everything and cover it in salt and butter. butter and yes. if you can figure out a way to cover your butter and salt with gravy, then do that. Oh yeah. And my family as well. But, you know, both my parents had uh, hypertension. Both my parent, my, my father had a stroke and my mother ended up dying of cancer. And that was just, I had some time to kind of sit and relax while they were giving me IV medicines to get my blood pressure down. Um, and I had some time to really sit and think about that. And it's like, you know, I'm at that time I was 43. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I am way too young for this. Yeah. So knowing that I was literally, oh, oh, and two days later, I did the exact same thing. I drove myself back to the hospital. They did the exact same thing. And I was like, all right, that's it. I've got to make some drastic, drastic change. Mm. so uh, this this leads us into the eating portion yes it does directly because i was literally like when you put on like i I bought myself a blood pressure cuff that pairs to my iphone i brought that home every time i i'd look at it and run it it was telling me hypertensive crisis that is not words you want to see from a medical device you're using on yourself and that those are not words that you want to hear about your soulmate, your best friend, your husband. So scary. So I was like, all right, I got to figure something out. And I'm, I think by this time it was the weekend. I start looking for some, some spoken word content. I'm, I'm looking for some books. I, I like something, I got to do something different and change it up. I mean, I'd done the CrossFit thing. I, did, I knew that the solution wasn't going to be in uh, working out. Cause I'm not afraid to go to the gym. I'm not afraid to sweat. I'm not afraid sure. to, to you know kill myself in a workout but i mean we were training for a half marathon at the time yeah so i i I was just i didn't know what i was looking for so i started looking around online and i ran across and i'd heard him talk about it on an interview before but i ran across an audio book on itunes or Apple Books, or whatever it's called now, um, <laughs> written by Pendulette, the magician, uh, half of the magical act, Pen and Teller, mm. called Presto, How I Made 100 Pounds Disappear and Other Magical Tales. And I've been a huge Penn and Teller fan all my life. In fact, I saw their yeah. very first appearance on David Letterman oh. in, I think, 87. Oh. And I've, I've had their books over the years. I've watched them anytime they're on TV. Just, I, I always enjoyed them. I, and I loved their, their show, uh, on H or Showtime, Showtime. Penn and Teller's BS. Yes. Um, we're yes. Gonna, I'm going to abbreviate that. So yes. we keep our clean tag. That's right. But so I said, you know what, what the heck? I mean, I figured it was going to be kind of a typical Hollywood. Uh, and I had actually, I'm sorry. I had actually seen him on, 
a couple of reality shows. I'd seen him on The Apprentice, and I'd seen him on um, like a Food, like Network, food Network Star, show? yeah, the yeah. Next Food Network Star uh, celebrity, celebrity Edition. Yeah, and I seen he had lost a ton of weight, and he's you know, six foot eight, three hundred plus pounds. Well, I listened to his book, and actually, I got it on audiobook because I was looking for for spoken word content because I like listening to podcasts and other things on runs, and. I got to listening to it and there was just something about the whole message of that book that resonated with me. Uh, and you've listened to the book too. Yes. Um, I've subjected you to it at first and you've done it on, on your own, but I really like that. He is not, he comes out in the disclaimer at the beginning and says, you know, it's not that I'm, trying to convince anybody else to adopt what i've done no in fact he tells you he goes if you listen to a, a, a las vegas magician for health and fitness advice you're an a-hole yeah and, and i'm like roger yes. that um he, yeah so he's very blunt and honest he is and, and and super refreshing but it was also there were things that he was saying that was really resonating you know he was on multiple medications i've now been put on multiple medications at this point uh, yeah. he you know, was always a big guy. After college, I was always a big guy. Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, has family and, and is, is, you know, career oriented and all that. And I'm like, yeah, this is all resonating. But then he said, you know what? He's on the cusp of getting a, a gastric bypass. Oh yeah. Operation. Like stomach sleeve. Nothing. And, and he's, when he starts talking to, you know, his doctor, he's like, you know, could I, can I maybe avoid this? Is there any way? And they're like, well, you'd have to lose a lot of weight really quick. And he ended up hooking up with a, a scientist by the name of Ray Cronice. And Ray is a, is a NASA scientist had, has been doing all kinds of research on, um, metabolism and was telling him some stuff and said, yeah, I could help you lose the weight. And it really changed his life and kind of reset everything he thought about food. And he's like, you know what? I gave myself permission to go crazy because nothing I was going to do is going to be as crazy as getting part of my stomach cut out. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know what? That again, it, the slow and steady wins the race thing was great. Yeah. But um, I'm looking down the barrel of a, of, a, of a smartphone that keeps telling me hypertensive crisis, get your butt to the hospital. Um, and I said, you know what? I think I, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself permission to go crazy and do something that's totally off for me. And <laughs> so this is a long way of getting to the point, which is, at that point, I said, I'm going to go, at least for a time, plant-based, mm -hmm. like he does in this book. And there's yes. a whole lot to this book, and I don't want to get into a whole uh, regurgitation of, of the book, but a plant-based diet with no added salt, sugar, or fat. Right. And I said to you, I said, I'm, this is what I'm going to do for me, and I don't expect you to do it. He said that. He, I mean, if you're... I, you, you said that to me, and I was f first as your spouse. I have to say, I was scared to death to lose you. So I was scared to death to lose me too. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, here we are building life together. I have the most amazing man. I want you with me for as long as possible. So whatever you needed to do, I was in on that. And I said, but, you know, let, let me, so that I don't screw it up, let me watch you do the first couple of weeks, and which was right before our Star Wars, the last time we participated in the Star Wars half marathon. Mm-hmm. And watching you do it and, and seeing how dedicated you were and how the diet impacted you and how you dropped weight so quickly when we got back from the race i committed yeah and and long story short you can't fill up on enough green leafy and cruciferous vegetables to not help but lose weight yeah (laughs) so that part was pretty easy the hard part was just adjusting the palate and getting used to that so Mm -hmm. I, i took inspiration from from Penn's book, but then I used that as a jumping off point and I started going, okay, I, I, I clearly can't seek, you know, all of my health guidance from a Las Vegas magician or else I am an a-hole. So I started looking at some of the research and other things behind what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So I started Googling Ray Cronice, looking at some of his, his work where he talks about metabolic winter. And again, a lot of what he talks about dovetails into a lot of what Jeff talked about, about the design of the human body uh-huh. and how we haven't evolved in the last few hundred years to make up for the hundreds of thousands of years of evolution where food was scarce and we didn't live in a constant state of plentiful. Right. And the, our bodies have not adapted to having these plentiful calories around us all the time. And yeah. um, just really interesting stuff and not not preachy. No. I, I was the I was the guy who would make fun of the vegan option on the menu. Um, <laughs> I would joke about vegans being from the planet Vigo. Um, and, and I'm going to say I never thought I would adopt that kind of lifestyle. And to be fair, I am not a vegan. I, this was something else that that Penn talked about was where he's not doing it for ethical reasons. Right. He's doing it for health reasons. So yep. he called himself an unethical vegan. And I, I laugh at that, yes. that moniker that he gave himself, but it was pretty, pretty appropriate. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. He's like, yeah, okay. It's the closest thing that I can call myself. It's not really what I want. It's not totally right, but it'll do. And this is before the term that you hear people using now, which is plant-based really started getting mainstream. Oh yeah. And you're starting to hear that more and more Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no ethical thing uh, for me because as you guys hear, uh, we have no problem eating a good meal. Right. Um, So, and part of the plan is to, is to allow for rare and appropriate off-plan dining yes so we adopted this as the rare and appropriate day being when we are recording the show right so it made it made a lot of sense um i i started researching ray cronice and i said all right i read what he had to offer he partnered uh with juliana hever to do the um 
Idiot's Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition, because it's kind of important to know where you're getting all of what you need from. Mm. And it is, you know, I, I will freely admit idiot when it comes to plant-based nutrition. I mean, in my yeah. life yeah. growing up, plants were always the side yes. to the fried, covered in gravy, covered in fat, you know, meat yes. of some kind. Yes. You know, two Southern parents. So, um, that was that you know that was kind of the genesis and then um he also had some other reference materials he talked about dr joel Furman, who has a book called eat to live that talks about more of the science behind the plant-based eating and again mm. none of these authors are preaching the gospel of veganism mm -hmm. they're not they're not making judgments of, you know because uh, animals have pretty eyes or any of that they're purely talking about this from from a perspective of nutrition and hey if you're going to have your rare and appropriate meal and you're going to eat a steak cool um you know that that's up to you right so it's right. it's it, it was kind of a nice way to do it and it has turned into out of habit now uh, for the last couple of years we're coming up on doing the Star Wars races in April. Yes. And that is, and, and I know I'm talking about running and we're talking about the eating segment, but really that in terms of time, I can just remember so clearly coming back from that race and starting the plan. So that that's how in time I, I gauge it. And I look back and I think, at the beginning when we started, I thought, you know, I've tried so many things, so many things, and not really seen long-term success. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have both kept off 70 pounds. 70 pounds plus, yeah. Yeah. Coming up on two years. Yeah. And now we're, we've started a new cycle of of instead of maintenance trying to drop a little more right because you're getting ready for chicago right and, and to be as light as i can will only help mm -hmm. so it, it's just unbelievable to me because honestly when we started i love penn's book and i i get all of that and maybe you are more the scientific and logical oh, one he's funny i love him <laughs> But I, I really was motivated by the realistic, down-to-earth way and his, his just being real. Oh, yeah. But when I, start to see, when I started to see progress in both of us and how it affected our state of mind and how we have been happier because of it. Not just healthier, but yeah. happier because of it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why we have stuck with it. And because you can have that rare and appropriate. So it's not like we are vegans all of the time, 100% of the time. It's there. Nothing is off limits no nothing's off limits i think it's again listening to a lot of the science of what they're talking about kind of makes it and it, this could be total bs because nobody knows because none of us were there but you know when they start talking about 
what they think in terms of the science that the, that, that like, like a, a Ray Cronice or Dr. Furman would say, or might say is, you know, humans might have, you know, might, would eat meat, but you know, they would forage for those plant-based nutritions or n- nutrients far more mm-hmm. frequently. Mm-hmm. So the meat would in fact be rare and appropriate when yeah. it was a, when they were able to do so. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't start having that, that massive overabundance of plant-based protein until we, you know, domesticated cattle. Mm. And then that started changing, you know, a lot of things, but getting to, um, you know, what, what else we've done in, in terms of the food is it's been two years now and using some of these resources and other resources, the hardest thing or the, the most interesting thing has been trying to find recipes, Mm -hmm. flavors, ingredients that you can use. And ultimately my goal will be to be off all of my meds and, Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's the ultimate goal for this year. So I, I'm like you. You shared your your goal for Chicago. I'm sharing yes. that goal. So yes. when I'm off all of my meds, I will let everybody know. And I certainly hope that I am as light as I can be for whatever may happen at Chicago. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be ridiculously ready for that. I have no doubt. But the. Uh, I'm in good hands as far as our diet goes and as far as our training goes. Yeah, so. and, and these books we've talked about, whether you're looking for something for motivation like Presto or you're looking for some data and some plans. And oh, by the way, recipes. we've involved our doctors at every step of the way. Of course. So, I mean, and, yeah. that probably should go, without, should go without saying, but just to be on the safe side, yeah. take none of what we say as medical advice because yes. we are... It, if you get your medical advice from a couple of rank amateur podcasters, podcasters. you might be an a hole. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, <laughs> it's don't, not cool. Don't listen to us. You no, know, just like Penn says, don't listen to me. Talk to your doctor. But these are some resources that really worked for us. Um, Seek and, expert uh, and advice. That's what we've been doing over the last couple of years while you guys have been coming along on this journey with us. So when you hear us talk about our, our, you know, we eat plant-based six days a week or vegan six days a week. That's, that's why we do that. It's not a, that's not a, um, uh, ethical choice. It's just mm-hmm. for purely for health and it's, yes. it's been really successful for us. So yeah, it's far. hard to believe that the first year of the podcast, we weren't here. We weren't on the plant and now we are. Now we are. Yeah. You know, for the last, for the, so now for most of the show, we, that's the way we've been eating. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what this year brings. And it's nice to take a look back and to appreciate and celebrate accomplishments like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that people who listen to the show think that we are powered by caffeine and, and bourbon. beer. Yeah. And oh, beer. sorry. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, they both start with the letter B, but yes, bourbon, beer, and caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> but truth be told, the vast majority of the time, our drinks are much less powerful or potent. Or alcoholic. <laughs> Certainly much less alcoholic. <laughs> yes. That makes things like going to work that much easier. So mm-hmm. in order to add some variety to the things that we drink at home, um, you know, of course, we've done away with 
added salt, sugar, and fat from our diet day to day. But we, and that also means most processed, actually almost all processed foods and soft drinks. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'll be the first to tell you that we're rolling into the drink segment of the show. And I was growing up just addicted to Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola and my mom's sweet tea. For you? Were the only things I drank. That and whole milk growing up. Those were the three things I drank. And then if I drank water, it was out of a garden hose. It wasn't inside. When you were outside outside playing playing with friends as a young strapping young lad that's it yeah so so it's it's hard to give up that that fizzy comfort Mm -hmm. you know and and coffee we used to drink with all sorts of like dairy and oh i can tell you well i i you did the frou-frou drinks i just did half and half and and sweet and lower sugar in my coffee yeah and then again once once transitioning to this plan it was basically do away with all of the animal products and Mm -hmm. all the artificial and and sweeteners so yeah i went overnight to black coffee Yes, and that is and that is how we take it now, but that was no easy task to adjust to that. No. But I think harder for me was giving up the Coca-Cola, the soft drink, uh, even Sprite. Right what, there with you. Yeah, because the sugar, the bubbles, the... Even the diet soda would be, yeah. it would have been like easier to give, would have been, would have been easier if we could have kept that, but... Yeah. Um, we did yes. away with that too. Because Artif- it has all artificial. Again, trying to stick to the plan. Yeah. So So we had to find something that would vary up our drinking options and get us hydrated. Of course, you know, we drink tons of water when we're out there running. Yes. And working out and throughout the day. But I am so grateful <laughs> I'm just going to say for a product called SodaStream. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Just something that we have and love and want to share. Yeah, because I could very easily go out there and I could get like, I don't know, what, uh, Perrier or? Oh, we've done it. We've had Perrier. Uh, We've had um, San Pellegrino. Yeah. And they're delicious. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely delicious. But yeah, uh, that's that gets pricey after a while. It does. And I think one of, some of them out there, like knockoff brands or whatever, just of the fizzy water, have some sodium that oh can gosh. impact you. Once you get to looking, uh, I'll tell you what, if you want to have, uh, I don't know if I would call it fun, but if you want to go on an, an adventure when you go shopping. Do a little treasure hunt. Go do a treasure hunt at your grocery store and start looking at the sodium in everything you buy Mm. it wasn't until i was on a mission to cut out added salt that i realized just how much is added into absolutely everything down to even um canned vegetables yeah and then when we started looking at at seltzer water there's sodium in seltzer water i'm like what are you talking about and like the pre-bottled stuff yeah so what I like is we we went to Bed Bath and Beyond I think and, yep. and picked up a, a Soda Stream, but you can get it anywhere. 
Also not you know? a sponsor, but if you sign up for their weekly flyer or whatever, you get a once a month 20% off coupon. Oh, yeah, that which is, is great. Super cool. Yeah. So the Soda Stream. Well, now you can get everything on Amazon. So. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's sitting right there on I think Amazon. It's predated so. but, it being on Amazon. Yeah. But it is it, like it, it is a contraption with a CO2 canister in it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. You're describing a perfect. I'm not sciencey like you. You take it, the. You take your bottle full of water. Uh, yeah, and you do like you screw it into the the spout, and, and then, then you press a button. You press a button, and it gives it a judge, and then you have bubbles in your water without sodium. Yeah. Yeah. And you can the what I like about it apparently <laughs> you can add your lemon and lime if you want if yes. you want to slice up some berries or th- throw some you know mashed up berries in there you can have flavored waters if sure. you want you could they do sell syrups and I think if you get the starter package with the Soda Stream and the bottles that comes with like those those flavors which I think are are sugar. Oh, like yeah. uh, sugar bombs. They're, they're absolute sugar bombs. But, yeah. but they have the diet versions. They also, here's the other thing. You can just use those flavor drops if you like like those flavor drops. I forget what they're called, but mm-hmm. you know, for flavoring your water or anything that you normally would add to your water, you can add to these things. I just like lemon or lime. We keep it simple. Yeah. You need lemon or lime. Sometimes I'll throw some raspberries in mine. Or some orange slice. Mm-hmm. That's it's yeah. But a lot of the I would say a lot of the time that I just I'm satisfied by the fizz itself and I'll just drink it without anything. Yeah. Just it just mixes it up plain water versus having some of that the the bubbly water. So it's just variety. Well, and that's the thing. It keeps you from getting bored. It's just like if you're cooking different recipes, mm-hmm. same thing. It's just yeah. a recipe for what you're drinking. Yeah. And again, satisfying, cuts mm-hmm. out the sodium, cuts yeah. out the sugar, cuts yeah. out the um, the chemicals. Whatever additives. Aspartame or you know, caramel coloring. That you want to avoid. Food dyes, all that stuff. Yeah. If that's important to you. If that's important to you. Really, I was just missing the fizz. For me, mm-hmm. I was just missing the fizz. And then you can, you know, have fun, like, you know, creating your own flavors, that sure. type of thing. I, I think that we've actually talked about it in a previous episode, um, you know, maybe making fizzy water for a cocktail or something sure. like that. But yeah. th- these are great. They're not terribly expensive. No. I, th- I think they're on Amazon for about 60 bucks, and that includes your first canister. And I think Target and they have a couple of different versions yeah starter well, they, kits they've yeah. got a couple different versions we're going to link to one uh, affiliate link for us um that it's the one that we have thing works great mm. but target and bed bath and beyond and a couple of other places actually will let you trade in the canisters yes so you're you're buy you might buy like an extra canister to have around but it basically ends up being like 14 or $15 to refill the canister and the canisters last forever. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a bunch of the water at night when we're having dinner and in the morning Mm -hmm. or out there. I mean, sometimes I'll even 
take a bottle and put it in the driveway for when I'm doing laps. Or oh, see, I can't do fizzy water when I'm, I'm running. I got it for me. Then that's yeah. just still water, huh. maybe with a little bit of lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyway, it's to each his or her own. And that's right. Right. Because you got to do what works for you. And so, but I, I just love having the option. So it's a really great yeah. device or product. This is the thing that we mainly drink uh, mm-hmm. here at home yeah. during the week so that when we are having that rare and appropriate time when we're out mm. f- filming or recording or, or researching for the show, we're able to go and enjoy that adult beverage, whether it's a craft cocktail or beer, beer or, or bourbon, bourbon, like you said, or um, even those fancy coffees that you like. I know. I There's know. no shortage of that. Yes. So that's it. I mean, that's kind of our, um, our, the, 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 our saga told, you know, in right at about 60 minutes, but uh, we're kind of encapsulating, you know, the, the genesis of our three year journey in in about an hour, but you know, this gives you all an idea of where we've come from and, and what we do. And, yeah. you know, we know that there are a lot of people out there looking for motivation or looking for something to vary up their fitness routine or food routine or yeah, they're wanting to maybe dial in their nutrition. I mean, mm-hmm. the, we list the book, we're going to list the books in the show notes of the mm-hmm. episode. Check yep. it out yeah. because uh, again, you know, the, these are great resources. Penn's book is a little more of a of a entertainment and motivation than a resource, but he yeah. points you towards some good stuff. And then we also link to the books that he references, yes, or by the authors that he references, yes. in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you need it, it's here, and we're not we're not preaching anything to anybody. It's no. just this is where we've come from, and it, if you're looking for it, here's. Here's some resources to point you towards. Yeah, I mean, I've even joked. I said, yeah, we were plant based six days a week, and then on day seven, it's our, we drunken frat boy. That's true. So, so, yeah, that's kind. It's not always once a week, but you get the you get the idea. <laughs> so, yeah, that does it for the drink portion, my dear. Yes, and you know, as we wrap up. We are so thankful for our Runcation Nation, for everybody who tunes in and listens to the show, our passion project. And we just wonder if you have shared your favorite Runcation Nation podcast lately. And if you haven't, we hope that you'll head on over to your social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Runny Drink Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Runny Drink Pod. And it would really help us grow our Runcation Nation if you took time to shout out the show on social media. And if you have got a race that you'd like to share or a place to eat or drink in your hometown that you think we ought to visit, we'd like for you to leave us a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, and what you want to share with us at info at runeatdrink.net. Just record a quick uh, one-minute message on your phone and mail it to us. Info at runeatdrink.net or go old school. Call us at 
677-2733 and leave us a voicemail. That's 941-677-2733 or info at runeatdrink.net. Hey, next week we're on the road and we're going to be running the Fort Lauderdale Half Marathon and then we'll be back with a recap for our Runcation Nation. So have a great week in the meantime. I'm your host, Amy. I'm your co-host, Dana. And we will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.